0: Ron Van Dam, living proof that there is life after 40 for retired male strippers. Shake that thing, big dog, you still got it. You're listening to The Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Damme Show.
1: Alright, be quiet. It's my turn.
0: Hold on tight. Things can get a bit weird, if you like that
1: sort of thing. Hey, welcome to the program. It is the Ron Van Damme Show. I swear it is. Look, come on. Who's kidding who? Ah, this is going to be fun. Today I'm devoting the show pretty much to me talking a lot. And then we have an expert about schools. Yeah, you know, schools, man. We're coming up on this uh, February vacation thing. Why are they getting a vacation in February? What did they do that was so horribly uh, 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 terrible? Oh, my God. I need a vacation for a whole week. Come on, you're a kid. You can put up with stuff like that. Adults can't do it. Children can put up with that. Adults, they get stressed out after two minutes with you. So come on, a whole week of vacation because it's President's Day? And which presidents are we talking about? All right, that's enough. I got too much to say. I don't have time for a theme music. Oh, By the way, uh, welcome to the program. John Shanahan is your announcer, comedy writer. What an incredible guy. And then you've got, uh, oh, oh, you've got Nicole Reed, who's the British voice being in the program. She books many of the national interviews, like the one we're doing today. And then there's Jason Shaw, who does our opening closing themes and performs them for us, specific, under contract. So it's fantastic. And then there's you. Eh. Okay. Uh, Schools, man. Man, you know, when I went to school, I don't remember a damn thing. I don't. I went through 12 years of school and also nursery school on top of that, like the cherry on top of the the whipped cream. Uh, I remember nothing, pretty much nothing. Everything that I learned, I learned on my own after I got out of school. That stuff stuck with me. What I learned in school, not so much. Not so much, I got to tell you. We have to make it more applicable to today's society and today's world. And I don't even understand what today's world is. I mean, why don't you just uh, tell Alexa to take care of everything? I mean, like, why do you have to learn anything at all? What makes a person successful in life is not necessarily knowledge. It's fortitude and decision-making. That's what it is. If you don't have that, you better just, like, take the job and get the salary. If you've got those qualities though, the fortitude and the, the decision making and the, and the balls, then, uh, be an entrepreneur, be a boss. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's kind of simple. It's kind of simple a week off from school if cuz it's february and then you go back to school kids and you got march to go through oh my god what a horrible thing you don't even have a 9 to 5 job you're in school for 6 hours sitting in a behind a desk just like dozing off what the hell what the hell you need a vacation for and then april comes and you get an april vacation look this is getting out of hand this is so stupid it is so stupid we're not we're not rearing our kids toward actually doing something. You know, when you have a job, kids, you get two weeks off for the whole year. That's it. And if you've stuck with the job for a while and you do a good job, you may get three weeks. And that's it. You don't get every other month off for a whole week and then the summer's off completely. That's not rearing them toward the real world, kids. No, it's not. It's not at all. It's pussyfooting them. God, pamper our children. I mean, it's good to put them in pampers. Otherwise, they're going to leak down their pants. I get that. But to pamper them in this sense, not good. Not good. You're not preparing them for anything. And then when real life hits them, when they get out of college and you can't sit in the dorm and, and screw and, 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 and smoke pot all day, then you have to go in the real world and get a job. It's like, ooh, I don't know how to do this. I'm, I'm not used to working. I don't know. We're not rearing these kids properly. It's getting worse and worse. It is. They don't have to do anything. Everything is on their phone, their tablets. I mean, like, God, you know, do I have to get up? I don't even have to change a channel on TV. The remote does that. Everything. Uh, Alexa, turn the lights on. Alexa, warm up my car. I mean, oh, my God. I'm hungry uh I'm hungry uh i wanna I'm gonna get some food uh no, I just have it delivered to me i'll just sit in my ass and wait till the food gets to me and eat the food out of my ass. I might have to go to the door and get the food, but that's a lot isn't it come on man this is not this is not good this is not good for a whole society it is not good at all. <sighs> When I wanted information, I had to go to the bookshelf uh, in my house and look up the Encyclopedia Britannica. I had all 24 volumes, and by the time I got the uh, 24th volume, it was all outdated already. A was uh, all, the, all the topics under A were already outdated. <laughs> I had to go to the library. If I had to learn something, I had to get, walk over to the library to this building I had books and I had to sit there and be quiet and uh, look stuff up, do it to do a book report. Not now. Now you kids don't have to leave the abode at all. I don't know what happened. I really don't. If I were a parent, I'd be concerned. But you're not. But I would be. School is not rearing uh, kids for life at all. Mm -hmm. There are no courses in school on how to uh, uh, balance a checkbook. Checkbook? Who does checkbooks? What's a checkbook? I don't know what a checkbook is. Uh, 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 finances, uh, mortgages, uh, compound interest, uh, all that stuff. Teach them now. I don't know how to do that. How to cook? I don't know how to cook. Yeah, I don't know how to cook either. Uh, uh, teach them stuff. Teach them stuff that they're going to use in life every single day. How to budget. How to plan. How to how to set up projects. How to schedule things. How to figure things out, how to chart things, how to drive. <laughs> A lot of us don't know how to do that. Relationships, how to get along with people, how to treat people. Well, that kind of stuff. You teach them everything else, but don't teach them that, do you? You don't teach the life skills. You've got history. Oh, okay. That was interesting that that happened. Well, you can't learn about the future if you don't know about the past. Yeah, but the stuff you're teaching us in the past didn't really happen. Or it's like just in the textbook and we found out that it wasn't really like that, but we're still teaching it. That's history for you. English? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I'm an adult. Half the people I know can't speak English well at all. If they do it all, but if they do speak English, they, it's all messed up. Uh, double negatives and all the sentences. I mean, it's just a mess. Curse words every th- every every uh, every sentence. I, eh, that's not English. <sighs> arithmetic. What does that word means? It, it's just math. No more arithmetic. Just math. Two plus two. We get it. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, Ron. Math. We have a calculator. I can get the answer in a split second instead of just trying to use my brain or put a pencil to a piece of paper. What is a pencil? What is that? I can give you the answer in two seconds on my calculator and that's on my phone. Wow. You don't need anything anymore, do you? No, I don't. We're not using our brains. We're not using our bodies. A.I., Artificial intelligence. You don't have to be intelligent anymore. The artificial thing will do it for you. I don't understand. Where are we going? Where are we heading? Is that the idea of technology? What are we doing? But no one's going to correct it because you know why? Because uh, technology means money for businesses and nothing stops money. Nothing stops the cell phone industry. Nothing stopped the cigarette industry until people started dying like all over the place. There's too much money behind this for this to stop. Let's go take a nice drive in the country, kids. Get in the car. And dad, what are you going to drive us? No, the car will drive us. I'm going to put it on automatic. It's a self-driving car. I'm just going to get some sleep here. Are you kidding me? Are you, not only has technology made us dumb and, and stupid and, and, and lifeless, but it's taken the fun out of things. It was fun to drive. It was fun to walk downtown to the store and, you know, l- window show. That was fun. It's fun to do stuff. It was, it was fun to, to play stickball. Kids don't know what stickball is. In the city, we played stickball. It's like, you know, you had a ball and a stick and you played with it. Um, no technology involved, really archaic, but fun. Hmm. Yeah, technology's ruining everything. And they're doing a great marketing job by telling you just how wonderful life can be and how much better life can be. It's not better. It's worse. It's not easier. It's more destructive. It used to be we were concerned about uh, being attacked militarily from other countries. Now, that's still a problem but they can attack us cyber-wise. They can bring down our whole power grid. They can infiltrate our computer systems where we keep all of our information. All of it. (laughs) What kind of schmucks are we? We went too far. We went too far. We didn't think things out. We got excited about the new ideas, and we never thought them through. We never thought that to every interesting invention that can be used for good, bad people will find to use it for bad, and bad will win out. It's, it's just amazing. I could go on and on about some technological advances that seem exciting on the surface, but make our lives more difficult, stupider, shorter, nastier, etc. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. And that's my school thing for today. Now, don't get me started on school buses. That's a horrendous trip and a half. I'll do that on some other show. But I do have an interesting guest today who is an expert in how to run a school and school curriculum and all that stuff. Now, I don't know if she's going to go as far as I do. I think schools have to be overhauled completely because their curriculum is just like really outdated. And if you're a member of a school committee in any given town or city in this great country of ours, you're going to say, Ron, you don't know what you're talking about. And I probably don't. But I don't think this is working out too well. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think you have to overhaul the whole system. I really do. Uh, you know, uh, uh. I was taught geometry. I failed geometry. The only course I ever failed in school was geometry. I think it, I don't know if it was in middle school or high school. I failed it once. And uh, and I kept saying to myself, I, I don't know why I need to know this. I'm not going to be an engineer. I'm not going to build bridges nor drive trains Every kind of engineer I will not be. So, like, why are you teaching me the hypotenuse and right angles and pi r squared, pi r round? I, what uh, you wasted, and then I had to take it a second time the next year, and I just passed it passively. And I never, I never, I've seen a triangle before, but I never had to analyze it. Well, Ron, if you're laying carpets or building houses, geometry is critical. Okay, then teach it to me then. Why are you wasting my time for something I will never use? Ron, it's called general knowledge. Anyway, so my guest joins us momentarily, but first we're going to take a short commercial break and then we get into that stuff, okay? How you doing, by the way? I'm sorry, I've, I've left you out in my conversation and I do care about you in a passively, I-don't-know-who-you-are kind of manner.
0: That thing you've been looking for is on sale this week at Whatchamacallit's, your one-stop shop for that stuff you need. Get that round thing for the sink, two for just $6.99. whos that go on the door, just $3.99 each. The stuff that gets stains out of stuff that comes in that big blue bottle, you'll find it for $5.99 at Whatchamacallit's. The doodad that goes in your car like the one Gary has for his Jeep you know the thing, it, it's like squarish and purple. It's on sale this week for just $49.99. And the thing that, you know, you use to get the, the stuff down from like the shelf or the closet, the grabby thing. Two for ten ninety-nine. This week only at Watchamacallits, your one-stop shop for that stuff you need. We're located over by that pizza place near the cinema that you like. Watchamacallits.
1: Dr. Kathleen Corley joins us now. She's written an interesting piece, uh, The Magical Place We Call School, How to Create a Safe Space for Learning and Happiness in a Challenging World. Challenging world, yes, it is. Um, yeah, school's, school's been the topic of every political de- de- debate, every, every concern of every parent, and it just seems like we can't get it right somehow. Is, is that your feeling? I mean, it's, it's a great institution, but uh, why do we constantly have to work on it?
2: Ooh, because the world keeps changing. Yeah, How okay. about that? All
1: right, that's a First good and one.
2: foremost, thank you for having me on. Oh, I appreciate pleasure. it. Um yeah, it's a, it's a complex thing. We have lots of eyes on us, pretty much all at the same time. There's no way we can please everyone. Right. Nothing was so clear as that as during COVID because there were the folks who would say, under no circumstances is my child going to wear a mask in your school, and then we'd have, under no circumstances is my child going to go to your school unless everyone is wearing a mask, and everything in between. Um, So having um, having to do our best work using the data to learn from previous mistakes, Um, constantly being trained, Mm -hmm. constantly providing a warm, safe atmosphere. All of those things are hard things to do, but we can do hard things.
1: Yeah, we can. We have. Um, What I find interesting, and I don't kind of know where to go with it, is uh, the schools are run by the individual towns or the states, sometimes on a federal level, not so much, although that's usually debated upon. Um, I'm confused as to who makes the rules and who executes, and uh, why are are, are different? Sc- why are diff- schools different in different places?
2: Um, that's that's a big question. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> to, to answer, who runs the schools? If they're public schools. The feds have something to say about what we do, mm-hmm. like uh, federal lunch programs, right. um, Title I, that's yeah. uh, schools that have more students in poverty, at mm-hmm. least uh, 50% of their students in poverty, and anything that's tied to a federal grant, mm-hmm. there are hoops to jump through. Yes. So there are funding.
1: rules. right. You need the funding. So,
2: right. Yeah. So that's where the feds come in. Mm-hmm. The states are a lot more involved in telling us what... We need to do so. There are state regulations or provisos or laws that we need to follow. Um, then there are the local districts, as you say. They may go across towns. Mm-hmm. It may be an entire county, maybe a couple of counties together mm-hmm. if they're sparse. Um, and there are cities: Chicago, New York, etc. And they have their rules as well. We try not to have different rules in our district's schools that is the oh the the discipline code mm-hmm. is the same for all schools it's regulated to be um, pre-K students through 2nd grade 3rd grade to 5th grade middle school high school mm-hmm. so that the same infractions will result in different right. discipline because of right. the ages of of the students right. but what we what we try to do beyond at the school level we must follow all of those guidelines provisos laws cetera. and if they're in conflict with each other we raise a hand yes. and say superintendent can you talk to your friends at the state department because um... we're in conflict And he'll say, yep, I knew about that one. There's a a legal committee looking at that right now, or he will say that he's going to bring it up. Most of those things have to do with people trying to make sure we keep our students and our teachers safe. Right. And safety is a big, hairy deal, like it was not 20 years ago, as you might imagine. Sure. so those things are are non-negotiable but if they don't agree county to state or state to federal mm. then we have problems then on occasion i know this will surprise you but on rare occasions somebody's political agenda gets involved in what how's we
1: that, do how is that possible <laughs>
2: I don't know, but I wish we could make it stop. Um, parents need to have a say. The community needs to have a say in our schools. Yes, absolutely positively. But when you have a meeting, mm-hmm. and if the, those same kinds of folks come who raise uh, pitchforks when things are happening that they don't like, yes. if they come, they'll kind of sit down in the meeting. I remember a, a gentleman a couple of years ago listening to the third grade, a third grade teacher talk about what the curriculum is going to be like and please sign the agenda book and whoever would like to be a volunteer, you need to sign up for that and, and be cleared for that, et cetera. Raises his hand, and says, yeah, is this common core? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Excuse me. Um, just for the record, South Carolina was Common Core I, I for one that. year, yep. and it was political, yep. and then somebody else came into office, mm-hmm. and then we're not going yeah.
1: you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that schools are like countries, where uh, we all want to get to the same place, but we all have different ideas on how to get there, and you can't yes. just do it, you have to have it approved all over the place at different levels, so it's yes. it's it's a difficult journey. You 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 were called the pipe piper of, of education. Um, <laughs> you, you seem to break things down to their simplest components, and therefore they're easier to deal with. Is is that the case?
2: I sure try to. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just walking with a little first grader who has. Uh, some um, conditions that make his learning challenging. Yeah. And one of them is that hmm, his um, the talk at home is negative. Right. I mean, really, really, really negative. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to quote the words, um, but imagine. some of them are I gotcha. obscene, and some of the, they are just negative. Yeah. So my deal with him is, you're a good boy, aren't you? And I finally got him to say, yes, I am. Uh So we were walking down the hall saying, you're a good boy, I'm a good boy. You can do hard things, I can do hard things. That is about as basic as it can be, because we need to meet his needs first. One of the reasons that schools differ from place to place, and even classes differ from place to place, is the makeup of the students. True. When you and I went to school and I sensed that it was at vastly different times, um we had quill pens and scrolls at no we didn't. Um <laughs>
1: I go far back but not I don't think you do either. No, I think we're in the I think we're in the same uh, uh area here as far as that's okay. concerned.
2: <laughs> if there was a child who had serious special needs, mm-hmm. we never met them. True. Because they went to a special school Correct. far away from us. Correct. And then um, special needs folks came to the conclusion that the law of the land needs to be the least restrictive environment. That means that if some of those students could be in regular classrooms or not as restrictive special needs classrooms, they deserve to be in regular schools. Well, that's a game-changer. It's a game-changer for them because they're not isolated. It's a game-changer for other students because they experience what happens uh, with uh, the challenges that other people might have. There's a a fifth grader who is blind here, and um, she has very little English. Um, Her intellectual level is maybe a five- or six-year-old, but Mm. she's kind of a musical savant. So she plays drums with the drum group, and she and I play piano together, etc. She would not have that opportunity, and she's learning how to use the stick, and she's learning Braille here. But imagine what that means for the teachers, because they need to differentiate their instruction, and you can only differentiate so far. So principals and others have to place children in classes strategically, And then maybe regroup them, the teachers regroup them from time to time, because we're not all great or we're not all awful at every subject. I might be good in language arts and not so good in math, and you're the opposite. So you may be in a different class if the disparity is too big between us, because I'm going to hold you back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, there's to, to every yin there's a yang. Unfortunately, yes. I I think the idea is just for all of us to get through that and then go out and have I uh, hope we were set up well for life. <laughs> I'm yes. best you can yes. can do. Yes. I'm I'm feeling very uh, uh very close to teachers because I think they're caught in the middle between their their supervisors and the children and their responsibilities on discipline have become more intense than they were previously with all the social challenges. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm feeling that uh, support is a, is a very major thing, even even in real life when you get into a job situation or you have a relationship with a person. Uh, is there enough support uh, to, to, to make this successful?
2: <laughs> that differs from place to place. Mm-hmm. It depends on how experienced the principal is the principal views his or her job my job i think is chief construction cone remover mm-hmm. and that means anything whether it's physical plant mm-hmm. sometimes it's the attitude of a parent um that it's me 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 and my child my child my child right. um mom that i talked to somewhat recently was appalled at the fact that her daughter kindergarten huh. asked another child to play and he didn't want to because whenever anna wants to play with someone she should have that right to basically force the child to play with her like no no i'm 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 sorry there's there's free will and uh, we'll we'll make sure that if there's a rejection it's polite but um and we'll try to have three people play together which we know doesn't work, especially if they're girls. You can have two, you can have four, you could have 30, you cannot have three. Um, there's some things that just will not work. But the principal has to back up the teachers. Yeah. Whatever is in the handbook, that's what we're enforcing. Yes. And our handbook, we have some uh, leeway in what we put into it. And if we have um, a rule that's outdated, we take it out for the following year. We don't say, well, we're just not going to enforce that, because the message that you send is, oh, what other things are you not enforcing? Yeah. Is that just spur of the moment? Is that just um, how you're feeling that day? Yeah. But if, if we, we have uniforms, and you're supposed to have a belt, you're supposed to have your shirt tucked in. Uh-huh. Some of my colleagues just abandon the whole uniform. Yeah. Thing. It's a board policy. Uh-huh. That's the way it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. So we take care of it. Teachers aren't thrilled about enforcing the uniform policy, but we do it. Our kids look squared away and they kind of act squared away. Mm-hmm. And when we're in public with other schools, there's usually a difference yeah. in how they do what they do. They yeah. lean in, they listen, they ask good questions, make good decisions. That's, that's what yep. they do.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but of course, not everybody does, and that's the thing. Um, we could talk forever, because uh, I have like 20 things I wanted to talk to you about, but I can't do that. I'm not allowed. But there is a book, and there is a way to get into this more, uh, The Magical Place We Call School, How to Create a Culture of Happiness and High Achievement in American Schools. It's a, it's also a book for, for parents and educators, because you have to understand all the sides before you can act properly or smartly. And without understanding it and just being in your own head, nobody gets anywhere at all, school or no school. Um, The book's available everywhere? Yes. How can people get in touch with you or follow you?
2: The magical place we call school.com, or I'm on Facebook as just a regular person, not as an author. It's Kathy Klebs, that's my maiden name. K L E B S. Okay. Corley, and just uh, friend me, and we'll figure it out. Cool. Um, Excellent. And go from there. One more point that I'd like to make. Yes. I'm not saying the only place there that there's magic is our school. I'm saying that folks need to look for the magic in their local schools. Go visit. Ask to have a, a tour ask questions. You need to know what's going on in your local schools, because I think they'll surprise you about how good it is.
1: Well, uh, I thank you for your time. It's It's been wonderful, Kathleen, or Kathy. I'll call you Kathy. May I call you Kathy? <laughs> Either way, <laughs> okay. it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for your time. We may contact you again in the near future to uh, have more conversation, if you don't mind.
2: Great. That would be awesome.
1: Well, thank you to my guests and thank you to you for being here today. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new program. But until that time arrives, I wish you peace.